Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for the Natural State Football Report with Clint Conk. Taking a closer look at football across the great state of Arkansas with the winningest coach in UCA history. The Natural State Football Report is brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. For the past decade, they've been providing crop dusting services to the farmers of Southeast Arkansas, and they can help you too. Now, let's toss around the pigskin in the zone with Justin, Wes, and the coach. Well, it's nice to have Coach in studio to see his face. It's better to have our sponsor, Lance Gassaway, in from Farm Brothers Flying Service. Good to see you, sir. Good morning. How are you? Doing good. How are you guys? Good. Now that you're busier with horse racing starting, it's good that you finally came up. This makes perfect sense. So thanks for carving some time. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for the sponsorship this year, too. We really enjoyed having Coach again this season. It was nice to have uh, have him on. You can see him in person enough, but anyway. You've been busy. Yeah. But we're, you know, kind of been slow the last 10 days or so. You know, just uh, got to retire the old fart. And uh, big news this morning. Pretty excited. Yeah, to that Did you end. get to hug Tommy this yeah, morning? Yeah, to that end. Good I got to you. see Tommy in the parking lot. Spent about five minutes with him. Uh, you know, just an iconic figure in, in, in the media, uh, much less radio. But, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. um, kind of told me what his plans are uh, after, I guess, the uh, retirement at the end of the year and take a long trip and do some different things. And uh, excited for him. And um, I know he's been great for this station, but he's just been an iconic figure in uh, in media for nearly 50 years, I guess. I'm excited for him. I'm also a little nervous, knowing he can't really get in too much trouble the last couple of weeks of his time here. God only knows what might happen, so keep well, your fingers crossed for me. God bless his wife. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, listen, nothing's going to shock her at this point. <clears throat> I think she's been through the worst, so that's good. Yep. Uh, Lance, what's your background? With uh, Let's start with Farm Brothers and, and the connection there. So I grew up in southeast Arkansas. As a, uh, my dad was a farmer, and uh, been been around southeast Arkansas my whole life. And grew up on a farm. Uh, went to Star City High School. Um, went to college at University of Arkansas at Monticello. Mm-hmm. All American, uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, played a little football down yep. there. Also known as okay. <laughs> um, and then um, we the Farm Brothers bought some land in South Arkansas, sixteen thousand acres, and hired me on to manage the farm. And then as the uh, farm grew, actually, up to like around 18,000 acres, and they decided they wanted to put in a flying service. So we started a flying service about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Do you fly? No. Okay. Me neither. No, I stay on the ground. That's smart. <laughs> well, they need ground guys, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wes, if you close your eyes and you listen to Lance talk. Yes. I can't distinguish between him and Brian Kelly. They sound exactly the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. What an impression. Uh, he's making a lot more money than I am. <laughs> he's making more money than all of us. So, uh, and then you also have a background in horse racing we're going to talk more about later in the show. How did you get, uh, I don't know if that's a gift or a curse for most people I talk to in the game. It's uh, a bit of both. So, I, I've I've always loved the horses. Um, my dad used to go when we were growing up and uh, parents. And then when I was old enough to go, I started going. So, been going to the horse races since college. And uh, eventually, me and my brother and uh, a couple other butters, Banks Hammy, uh, with the Sigma Supply, mm-hmm. uh, we all went in, I think it was around 13, 2013, and bought some Archie Bread horses, and uh, that's where it started. Okay. So you have other than Archie Breads now? No, I, yeah, I have no Archie Breads now. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. How Let's, many do you have? Uh, we have four that's running, and then I have a broodmare that has a 
Weanland. Uh, that was uh, by Golden Sense, and she's in foal again to Unified. And then we're fixing, as soon as uh, she has this one, we're going to breed her to uh, Next Go, who just won a Breeders' Cup Classic. Yeah, Next Go, absolutely. Where yeah. is she? She's in uh, Lexington. Okay. At Kenny McPeak's farm. Ah, love Kenny. Yep, great guy. Yeah, Kenny is a uh, Louisville-born Kentucky fan. It's very strange. It happens. We don't hold against him. Hmm. Um, so, Coach, let's talk some football, and then we'll get into some more horse racing with Lance. And we talked a lot this last week, mostly on social media. We didn't talk about a lot, uh, about Sam Pittman and his situation moving from his former agent to Jimmy Sexton, who's the biggest of the big dogs. And we have sat here, and, and it's kind of a – I mean, as from a fan's perspective, which we are, in addition to being media members, there's a, such a good feel-good story about this year. Right. And there's such a feel-good story about Sam Pittman and his story generally – and then you add in Jimmy Sexton, and it takes a little bit, I think, of the sizzle away for some of the fans. Although I think also people want to see him be successful and make as much money as he can. It just feels a little funky, and it was the timing was a little odd after one great, one really good season, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I can see the uh, the emotion both ways. Uh, if you take Jimmy Sexton out of it, though, um, you know I'm a capitalist. I I, I believe that uh, like you and all, all of us in here that uh, you know you work hard, good things happen, and, and and fortune and and fame and those things could potentially follow. And and in Coach Pittman's case, he has brought respectability back to the state. Uh, last year they could have gone to a bowl game uh, if it had not been for COVID. I guess the Texas TCU. Bowl. TCU. Um, and then of course this year what they did. You know we've got to remember three years ago this program was at rock bottom. I say all this because they did an outstanding job. He was selected I guess one of the regional coaches of the year and mm -hmm. a finalist for several coach of the year awards. With all that, um, being a capitalist and so forth, I think that he has earned the right to be paid fair market value. And what does that look like in today's college game? Probably not ten million, but not three point five million mm -hmm. either. So I think the uh, um, you know I think the answer is somewhere in between. Uh, you look at Lane Kiffin, uh, who did a remarkable job at Ole Miss this year. Um, solid previously, but you know this year was a was a was a watershed year for them. Mm -hmm. Never won ten regular season games, and they did that. I think they're going to pay him seven point three million. So I would suspect that Coach Pittman's going to come in somewhere around that number, uh, not Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley type of money. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those guys been in college playoffs and national championship games and things like that. But I think he, he deserves to be paid fair market value. And uh, we can't use against him the fact that this is his dream job and he wants to be here and retire in Hot Springs and all that. Um, now, with that comes expectations. And, uh, you know, I kind of went through that in my career, that second contract, third contract, fourth contract I got, the more expectations came with them. And, uh, um, you know, so uh, they won't have Traylon Burks next year, but they've gotten some transfer portal guys, and that's a whole other question, another issue to talk about. But uh, uh, with that type of uh, increase in pay that I'm sure that he's going to get, the university will be fair with him. Um, there'll be more expectations as they go starting next year. Mm -hmm. You said take Jimmy Sexton out of it, but you can't. And I think that's part <clears> of the problem. I think that's why it's the change of agents, yep. and it's it's almost the the fear of Sexton, I think, is what fans have. Yeah, and, you know, the thing about it, though, is uh, he's really good at what he does. I mean, you can't deny that. And, and Coach, for whatever reason, got away from Judy Henry. And, and I know Judy, and I remember when she first started, she was, you know, coming by – Central Arkansas football offices, you know, trying to recruit some of our players and so forth to represent. Now she's representing some coaches. So I don't know what happened there. Um, but, again, 
it is what it is. Sexton's good at what he does, and he decided to go in that direction. And, and you know, Hunter Yurichek didn't roll off the watermelon truck yesterday either. Sure. So I'm sure that he's going to have the university's best interest in mind. But when you come in and you ask for a significant raise double, basically in this case, Could and be, then yeah. they say, okay, sorry, we can't do that, um, you know, there's a bad feeling there, right? I mean, you don't yeah. feel good about it as a coach. Or if you only get half of what you're asking for as far as a raise, are you satisfied with that? I don't know. But I just think, again, it creates a little bit of animosity. And the other thing is, I paid you this amount of money we agreed to with some significant bonuses in place mm-hmm. if you achieve above that. Right. I expect you to do a good job, and I'm paying you this much money to do a good job. I didn't pay you this money just to show up. I paid you this money to do a good job. You did a good job. Right. That's what I paid you for. Right. Well, you also have to understand collegiate coaching, though, and the climate that's out there. I mean, Lincoln Riley just went to California to USC for, I don't know, half, also half ha- of the state or something. I understand that, Coach, you know? but he's also got more. And, again, I'm not arguing against Pittman. I'm just saying he does have a more significant resume. Sure. You know, even Mike Leach was brought in for a more significant amount of money, but he's got a long-term resume of success. Right. So. Hey, I'm always going to err on the side of coaches now. I I'm got always no going to fight for that. And, know? look, I love Sam Pittman. I think it's he a great needs deal. to be paid fair market value for taking a downtrodden program three years ago that won – no SEC games for a couple of years or whatever it was, getting beat by Western Kentucky and North Texas State. And it hasn't been a New Year's Day bowl game in two years and has gone through COVID, you know, so forth and so on. And uh, I just think he needs to be paid fair market value commensurate to, you know, SEC salaries. And um, I think that probably comes in somewhere at five and a half to $7 million. And He's 12 out of 13 right now. I mean, we don't know what they pay Vanderbilt. And so is well, he the – I'm going to assume that this less. He deserves less. more than that, yeah. better than yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. If it isn't, they need to cut his pay, and they could maybe ship some of that over. Yep. Here's the issue for me. And, again, the timing of it does matter, right? You're going to give him a significant raise after one successful year, which, again, I'm not upset about it. I'm just playing devil's advocate over here, okay? Mm-hmm. Next year you're going to play Cincinnati and Fayetteville, South Carolina, which just got Spencer Rattler and a tight end transfer from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that they will help that team. And, by the way – Coach Beamer did a pretty good job this year anyway. They made a bowl game. Missouri State, which I really hope Bobby Petrino does not give them any trouble in Fayetteville, but you never know. They had a really good team this year. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M and Arlington. I'm going to guess that Jimbo, who is overpaid, is really dying to win that game again after losing this year. Alabama, Mississippi State, BYU and Provo. You get Auburn and, uh, at Auburn, Liberty and Fayetteville, which is no cakewalk. LSU will be in Fayetteville. Admittedly, you get a nice home schedule, really good home schedule. But I'm going to guess LSU is better next year with Brian Kelly at the helm and his great accent. Ole Miss in favor, which is never easy, and then Missouri on the road. Yeah. I mean, what if he goes 6-6 six and six next year and you just gave him a big raise? You're going to feel a little funky if you're Hunter Yurichek, right? Well, there's a lot of ways to do contracts now. You can give him $6.5 million a year or whatever, um, but then significant buyout and a reduced buyout on the university side. So he can make that kind of money up front, but if they choose to make a change in three years – uh, they may not owe him a lot. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways that you can negotiate that contract. With that with that schedule comes expectations. Mm-hmm. You go to a New Year's Bowl game, I think they're going to beat Penn State. They're going to finish with a nine-win season. Um, they'll be ranked in the top probably 15 in the country next year preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have one of only two or three quarterbacks from the SEC West, I believe, coming back. I think four of them are gone. Yeah. Um, from our perspective – Expectations. I'll, yeah. you got to meet them. I'll put it to you like from our radio perspective like – our bosses know we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere else for us to go in this market. There's no other job that is better than this one. So we'll, we'll flip about this. Suppose he goes uh, eight or nine next year. Yeah, you know, with the same contract that he has now, and all of a sudden, I like Hot Springs, but um, 
Kirk Ferentz is retiring at University of Iowa. That's a pretty good program. Mm-hmm. I could see myself in the Midwest. No doubt. You know? So, I mean, I, no, hypothetical. No, yeah, for sure. And then for, you know, $750,000 buyout, he's gone, you know? Or no, there's no question. Yeah, yeah, it is so, your last job until it's not your last job, that's right? right? Yeah. I, you know, I took every job, and I didn't have many, but, I mean, I, I had my fair share. You take every job like and work at it like it's going to be your last job, but you always listen if their opportunities come along. No but, again, I think that the man has done an incredible job, he and his staff, and it needs to be paid fair market value, regardless of who the agent is. And uh, But the way contracts can be negotiated and written, it can be very positive for Coach Pittman and a good deal still for the for the university. Let's move on. Traylon Burks out. You still feel good about Arkansas's chances against Penn State? <clears throat> I do. Um, I think it's going to give uh, the other receiving core uh, the opportunity to step up. To something that I think that they crave uh, to have that pressure put on them to uh, you know to pick up some of those catches in those yards. Uh, you've got you know basically a month. They've had a month to they they had an idea Burks might not be coming back. So. Coach Browse and that offensive staff will put together a plan. And, uh, of course, the running backs will be a big part of that. But uh, And it's like we talked about last week. I think Arkansas is going to be tremendously excited to be playing. I'm not so sure how excited a 7-5 Penn State team is going to be to be in Tampa on New Year's Day. They'd rather be someplace else. Really? Possibly. I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about National Signing Day, which is coming up the early period tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, Exciting time for coaches and players across the country. The, the thing Were you that, in favor of the early signing period? <clears throat> yes, I was. Um, as an FCS coach, you know, you get what you can get, and you you know you find out there, but then you also find out who the pretenders and contenders are uh, because the FBS schools who make all these early offers, they're not always committable offers, and so you kind of find out during the early signing period as the pool kind of shrinks down who's who's really serious uh, about FBS scholarship offers and commitments, and then you can take that second signing period now and probably get some pretty good football players. Mm-hmm. But the point I was going to make is the transfer portal has really screwed everything up. I'm not a fan of it. Um, and I'm all about players' rights and paying the players and all that. And the, you know, I, I get all that. Can't put the pace back in the tube now. But the transfer portal is just a terrible thing. Um, I think it's hurting high school recruiting. Um and, uh, you know, kids that would normally be signing and have the opportunity to go to a Power 5-type school now end up at G5 schools or mm-hmm. FCS schools. And, you know, the running back from Dumas last year, we talked about him. I thought you got to see Kylan James this year at yeah. UCA. I mean, I thought coming out of high school he was a Memphis-type. For whatever reason, he fell, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, UCA did a great job staying there, and I think he's going to have a great career there. And, of course, he's playing behind a great guy and in, in, in Hales. But, uh uh, there's a lot of kids like that that I think are Power 5, Group of 5 that are falling down. It's because of the transfer portal. The other piece of that is, too, and I talked to one coach about this, is some JUCO kids are probably going to get overlooked at some point as well. we got the JUCO championship this weekend in Little Rock on right. Friday night. Hope a lot of folks turn out. You know, it'll be a, It's good football. It'll be the really last good. college football game played in the state this year. But I imagine some of those kids probably fall through the cracks, too. Well, I think the, the, the FCS schools and the Group of 5 schools, that could be an area that they should be focusing on mm-hmm. because there's going to be a lot of really good football players that are overlooked <clears throat> because the Southern Misses are looking for a you know quarterback to there, transfer down. There's plenty of those. And there's some really good quarterbacks coming out in, in junior college, and that's just one position. So I think if you're a small college football guy, coaching staff, that would be an area that I would look at specifically is junior college recruiting because everybody else above you is, you know, trying to get the next great quarterback, great receiver, great offensive tackle or whatever it may be, linebacker, out of the transfer portal. I think it's hurt high school recruiting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I, but I do think there's a void there with the junior colleges uh, that a lot of small schools, FCS schools, group of five schools could take advantage of. Applying the same logic from Burks to Alabama, <coughs> no Mechie. You know, I got Williams, who's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, any concern there at all about drop-off? Certainly, I mean, most people have them pasting, you know, Cincinnati, but what about in the next game? Well, you know, it's, it all goes back to recruiting. There's a lot of four- and five-star wide receivers at the University of Alabama, and uh, uh, they're waiting for their opportunity. And, and, and again, Coach O'Brien, uh, who my son played for with the Texans, uh, has had a month to game plan and figure out how many touches and who it's going to be. And, and, you know, other great stars are going to emerge. Um and, and that wide receiver room because they're so talented. I mean, they 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 get the the pick of the litter. I forgot to ask you the first question first, so I'll ask it last okay. before we hit our break, and then we'll yep. come back and talk some horse racing. By the way, uh, Oakland back on the track on Friday. Aaron Rodgers or Brady? A couple of pretty good horses. Yeah, I mean, I'd go to I'd go to war with either one of them. I'd probably take Aaron Rodgers just because of the skill set at this point in his career, and and and, and Rodgers has what 15, 16 years of experience as well. You know, so I mean, he's been around the game a long time. But the big question is, what's the supporting cast look like? You know, I mean, do you have uh, Tampa's receivers and Aaron Rodgers, or do you have Green Bay's receivers and? Tom Brady. My biggest thing with both those, and you would, I know you would probably think about this too in your experience, but the offensive line, how healthy are they? Because the Packers have been beaten up up front, but they both have really good run games. Fournette went over over 100 yards this weekend. We know how good Aaron Jones has been. Now you get the one-two punch with the rookie they brought in. And then you've got, obviously, Devontae Adams with a couple of really nice complimentary receivers. Mm-hmm. We'll give Tampa- but all the star powers on Tampa, though, outside of Adams. Sure. And they've got Maybe two Hall of Famers over there with uh, Evans and Antonio Brown, who hadn't played. But I mean, don't he's forget good. Gronk. Pretty good. And Gronk, he, he's not bad either. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you couldn't go wrong with either one of those guys. But I'd probably take Aaron Rodgers right now, just uh, with his experience, but yeah. his skill set right now. And gosh, he, there's a throw that he's just so confident in every throw he makes. Did you see that uh, throw that he made over the linebacker the mm-hmm. other day? I mean, just off his back foot. Well, that's what they kept saying. They're wow. like, oh, his toe. And I'm like, who cares about his toes? He throws off his heels half the time anyway. <laughs> I know it. Um, but the Packers, I'm a huge Packer fan, so I'm excited about that. And I'm a Tom Brady fan, and so I'm going to follow him too. So I think that's your probably your NFC championship. But yeah. nobody's talked about Mac Jones. But anyway, that's for next year. They may win it all. Over I was going to say, maybe it isn't. Maybe yeah, it is for this they, year. They may win it all over there with the way the Patriots are playing right now. Is that remarkable to have a rookie quarterback perform like he is? Absolutely remarkable. Yeah, look at the other four. They're really struggling <laughs> that were drafted ahead of him. But he's know? in the best situation, yeah. right? Bad teams. Well, he's team. in the best situation because of the scheme. Great defense and run-oriented. I mean, they threw three passes the other night. That's but, true. But when they've asked him to perform, he has performed at a high level. And uh, – uh, I, I think that he's in a great situation, and he could be there for probably 15 years. Can you tell what's going on with the Bills? Why they're struggling? No, I can't. Uh, they got to be able to run the football, and they're not. They're not being able to run. That was, that. you know, that's the thing we always talk about, Allen. But when they were winning last year, they were running like crazy. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about December and January football is you've got to be able to play great defense and stop the run, and you got to be able to run the football. And the other teams that you talked about, they're running the football right yeah. now and playing great defense. You following the FCS playoffs? I am. See, Montana dropped one over at James Madison. James Madison, I think, is, like, real good at football. Yeah. But Montana State beat Sam Houston this weekend. They sure did. In Huntsville, that's the first loss they've had there in 20-something games, playoff games. Yeah. They're like, man, we're so fast and we're thought out. Well, I I still like North Dakota State. I mean, you know, everything goes through Fargo, you know. It always has and always will. Like Alabama, like U.S. Steel. (laughs) Yeah, I like all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Good, Good bet. Good bet to make for sure. Let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little horse racing with Lance Gassaway, who is our sponsor of the Natural State Football Report. Has been all year. It's our final 
time together. And so we're going to talk a little bit about horse racing and appreciate Coach Conk being a part of the show all year as well. Always get good feedback on the segment. It's been a good time. We'll uh, take a quick break, come back, and we'll get into some of that. Stay tuned. You are in the zone on the Buzz Radio Network. If you're just tuning in, we're joined in studio by Clint Conk, who was with us all season for the Natural State Football Report, Lance Gassaway from Farm Brothers Flying Service, which sponsored the Natural State Football Report all season long. And Lance, in addition to managing Farm Brothers, is also a horse owner. And he's got one that's pretty high profile, one we talked about on the show, I'm sure, quite a bit over the last year or so, but Wells Bayou. Louisiana Derby winner and a horse that is preparing for 22, I guess now, right? Yes. So what's his status? So Wells Bayou, he has uh, been in rehab in uh, Kentucky, and uh, he just sent uh, they just sent him to Brad Cox. Uh, Brad don't he don't do the rehab with him. He was at a place called uh, Lacroix, mm-hmm. uh, right outside of Louisville, and uh, he's been there for about four months. Um, he had to go through 30 days aquatoriate, and then he was 30 days jogging, 30 days galloping, and uh, so he's he's ready to start breezing now. Aqua have, tread like they have him on a treadmill in water. Yes, that's uh, I would like to see video of that that's got to be amazing. Yeah. When he was uh, worked for Michael Jordan, he came back great. Yeah, hopefully it works here. <laughs> um, he he he's one of those horses. He's a real big horse, real big, seventeen hands. And um, he he when he's on rehab and he's this twice we've had to go through this. He mm-hmm. puts on a lot of weight, likes to eat. Yeah, and uh, he was so big that they did not want to put any pressure on that knee, so they put him in aqua tree at first to get some weight off. Got a little Zion Williamson. Well, one thing about it, and Lance probably won't talk about this, you know, he was a Louisiana Derby winner and, of course, performed pretty well here at Oakland uh, during his three-year-old campaign, but he was Kentucky Derby eligible and uh, and for the Triple Crown, but he got hurt that first time yes. and, you know, still been kind of fighting his way back. But, uh, you know, Wells has been a heck of a horse, you know, when he's healthy. You know, it sounds weird when you keep saying he sent him to Kentucky for rehab. Yeah, I mean, it's like this drug is too much. There's is, too much bourbon over there. You really don't need to be sending people to Kentucky for rehab. It's not a good move. Uh, you got some horses running at Oakland this year? Yes, we're gonna have a we have a couple two year olds. My dad and I um, we have a two year old named Cold Spur. He's by Flatter, which is which is by AP Indy. Um, he we think he's gonna be ready to run on the thirty first. Is what we're shooting for on it's him. It's be a fun weekend. Yes, <clears throat> and then we have another two year old named uh, Coach Happy. Uh, he's out of run, uh, by Run Happy, and um, he worked out Sunday, which was about his fifth or sixth breeze. He's still up at the Thoroughbred Center in Kentucky, and um, probably start bring him down to Oakland here within a week, within a week or so, and um, probably a month away, I would say, from him being ready. What are the, I mean, ups and downs? I guess are there any negatives about starting early? And obviously, it's great to be able to have two year olds back at Oakland again. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And now we, you know, when you got when uh, Churchill shuts down, you only have a choice. You can either go to uh, Turfway. Or you could go down to Gulfstream or the fairgrounds. And uh, so Oakland, you know, starting off in December like that, and that's why you get some of the bigger trainers. Kenny McPeak, mm-hmm. he's coming back just because of that. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I love it. Yeah. What's race day like for you when one of your horses is running? <laughs> well, I, you know, it's just a normal day, but, uh, you know, you start having a little butterflies. <laughs> How would you compare it to being like when you were an athlete? Uh, winning the Louisiana Derby <laughs> was pretty exciting. The only thing bad about it was it was COVID year. So we go down there. My dad couldn't go because he, he, he has a uh, breathing issues. And, uh, so me and my fiance went and like, it's us 
and about seven or eight other owners watching the Louisiana Derby and your horses, you know, coming down the stretch and, you know, me and her is going crazy and everybody <laughs> else look at us like we're crazy. <laughs> you know, like, I guess that's y'all's horse. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't have any fans. No fans. But the cash was still good after oh, the race. Yeah, they sent it. They sent it up to us. That's good. That's all matters. <laughs> That's fun. So, what what do you want to do now? I mean, are you still looking actively buying? Uh, every year we try to get some uh, two year olds in training. You know, we we started out with my brother and I, like I told you earlier, and we'd claim horses. The claiming game to me is uh, I'm really not interested in it. It's um it's too much of a gamble. And typically, if uh, somebody's going to put a horse in there, there's a reason they're getting rid of it. Uh, so. Dad and I decided to, we'd start looking at uh, uh, the, the OBS sale down in Ocala. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the last four years, we've been buying horses through that. We yeah. can watch them work, and you can get them vetted. And uh, so at least as a two-year-old, you know they're, they're healthy at that point. It's all about bloodlines, right? Uh, the pedigree is huge. Pedigree is huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah but the, the, these, these animals are so fragile. And, uh, I mean... Well, you just think about all the weight they got, you know, 11, 1,200 pounds running right. them little sticks they have, yeah. and it's always something wrong with them. So sure. you try to start out ahead. I feel like the two-year-old um, path has been good for us because we can at least get them bedded and all and gotcha. see what we got. You were talking about breeding some horses. Do you get into the, you know, try the, the science of it and figure out which one needs <laughs> to go, which which one, and or do you leave that up to somebody else? No, we actually, they have a, a thing called a true nix, so you can uh, – Put your horse in there, or, or like our mare, and you can put it with any of the studs that's listed, and they'll do a hypothetical, you know, foal, and it'll give you like a result of it. So like Nick's go with um, our, our mare, which is named Ma'am, is a, it was an A++, which is the best, best there is. So, yeah, we run the Nick's test on them. <laughs> <laughs> All about the DNA, baby. That's it. So you pay a fee to Nick's go, or how does that work? Yes. Okay. Yes. You want to talk about that? It's 30000 Okay. It's not, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, actually. Yeah. So Now, that has to produce a live foal, or that's just for the that, sitting a, fee regardless? I, that's a live foal okay. nursing. All right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting game. There was a story on, I think it was, uh, what's the show on HBO? Uh, Real Sports, about the kind of the industry and how it works. And I mean, it was mm-hmm. hilarious. I mean, it's, it's, it's not funny because it's big money and it's big business, but it's also, I mean, just the uniqueness of, this is what we're doing here. It's just kind of interesting. I don't know. It's an interesting way to, to go about it. Um, most people don't get into it for the money, though. They get into it for the passion of the sport. I, I assume you follow that. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, just love watching them, being around them. Uh, me and my fiance, we'll go over on weekends and we go down to the barn, feed them peppermints. I mean, just love being around yeah. them. Has you, you know? made any money in racing before the Louisiana Derby? No. Straight right off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty common. That reminds me of a guy who uh, – Told me about a golf course years ago. He said, "This uh, golf course made me a millionaire." He said, "Yeah." He said, "I had three million when I started." <laughs> <laughs> so that's how horse racing, I'm sure, can be as well. Do you have plans, long term plans for Wells? What do you want to do with him? Uh, I, we'll put him up stood. I mean, after his career's over, and uh, this will be the last shot with him to to run. I mean, he he's had some uh, health issues. Like his biggest problem, like uh, the year we won the Louisiana Derby, we'd qualified for the uh, Kentucky Derby. And, of course, once again, that was COVID year, so they, they they put the Kentucky Derby off till September. Well, we ran him back in the Oakland Mile in May, which would have been when the, the uh, Kentucky Derby was. So we would have ran in the Kentucky Derby, but then after the Oakland Mile, he st- uh, started having what we call bone bruising. So we had to turn him out. And uh, then we brought him back last year twice. 
Uh, we run down in the Louisiana Stakes at the fairgrounds. We run third in it. And he's one of those horses that really needs a race to get back going. And then we was going to run him in, uh, against Maxfield in the next race down there. And uh, the, the Wednesday before the race, he gets uh, temperature. Hmm. So we get sick, so we had to... We only got about a minute left. I was going to ask you about working with uh, various jockeys, trainers. I mean, how you determine who's who you're going to match, you know, with the particular horses, or how you decide who's going to work with what. Obviously, if you got get a guy like Kenny, you want to try to work with him as much as you can. But uh, I imagine that's not always easy to do. So Kenny was one of our first trainers with a ma'am, and then we separated ways. And and actually, Brad Cox is our trainer now. Okay. Kenny McPeak's a good friend of mine, and that's where ma'am is at his farm, uh, Magdalena. So. I enjoy working with both of them. Brad's a great trainer. Kenny is. And uh, I figure down the road we'll have horses with Kenny as well. Yeah. Okay. And what about, do you have any influence on the jockey, or is that up to the trainer to work with that? Typically the trainer does. Um, I have requested a few times to have a certain jockey, and uh, actually uh, coming up, if, if most of the time flows, Brad's uh, jockey. So if he has two horses in the race and flows not on mine, then uh, I would request Ricardo. Good friends with Ricardo. Well, he's a pretty good one. He's yeah. had a lot of success. He likes Oakland a lot, and yes. Oakland likes him for sure. Well, that's good. So uh, when's your next runner? The 31st? 31st. Okay. Coach, uh, got about a minute left here. Yep. Hey, just wanted to say uh, thank you to you and Wes and Christian. Uh, it's been a blast. Uh, I guess we've done this uh, a couple years now, and I uh, look forward to doing it again in the future. Lance is sitting right here. Don't want to embarrass him, but really appreciate Lance and uh, Farm Brothers Flyers. Uh, Neil and Heather back at the office, all your pilots, uh, the staff down there, they've been awesome. And um, I've really enjoyed doing this segment, spewing whatever useless information I have. Been fun. And uh, hopefully we can do it again next year. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you, Lance. We're fixing to go to Faded Rose and celebrate. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's going to be a yeah. great lunch. I'll see you yeah. in a bit, yeah. Justin. Christian, yeah. Christian, have a great uh, final two hours. Yeah. Appreciate you. And, uh, hey, just a shout-out. Uh, you'll appreciate this, Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Marie Conk, my daughter-in-law, her birthday Birth today. Day. Happy birthday, I see, Lisa. Synced it on the Facebook. Yeah, you know? on the Facebook. That's how I start my day every day. Lance, thanks again. Appreciate you. We'll see you Thank down in Oakland soon.